Yeah, I love that statement. Uh, imperfect people growing together to become more like Christ. This is a, a day that uh, we've been looking forward to. It's a, it's a day we've now done for the last couple of years. We've called it Group Link. Uh, it's a day where, you know, we try to, to, to be very intentional to provide uh, information and opportunity for connection. And we believe that that's critical here uh, in the life of our church. And so uh, today is going to look a little bit different of you, as you've already heard. And if you've been with us for the weeks leading up, uh, today is a little bit of a, of a different Sunday. You're going to get out a little bit early. Um, if the preacher can keep from preaching too long, you're going to get out a little bit early, which there's a friendly wager off to the side, but you're going to get up. Not that we wager here at the church, but there's a friendly wager off to the side, but we're going to get you out early. We want you to go out to Lobby B, uh, meet some of our leaders, uh, you know, see what's being offered in this fall semester on campus, off campus, uh, Wednesday night, Sunday morning, uh, and all throughout the week. And, and again, I believe in divine appointments, and that's what we've been praying for today is uh, we've been praying for divine appointments that for you to uh, meet people, maybe connect with people, and maybe if there's not a group that you're like, yeah, this falls into our category, we have kids or we don't have kids, you know, maybe the Lord's leading you to be a part of a, of a new group. Again, we believe that the Lord uses uh, all things. And so excited for the days ahead. I want to kind of give you a little bit of a snapshot of, of where we're going in the next couple of weeks. As you know, next Sunday morning's Labor, Labor Day weekend, September 2nd, I'm going to be preaching specifically on baptism. We have a baptism that is coming up uh, September 16th. And so we're kind of having our full launch September 9th, and then September 16th will be a baptism Sunday. And so I'm going to preach next Sunday on the subject of baptism. What does the Bible teach us about baptism? And again, you may be here and you've never been baptized uh, by immersion or on this side of your profession of faith. Uh, someone might say, and I've heard this before, you know, well, baptism by immersion is a, is a Baptist doctrine. Listen, I'm not interested in a Baptist doctrine. I want to be about a biblical doctrine. And so we're, we're going to open God's Word and, and talk about what does this mean? mean? What does this look like? And so uh, I welcome, you know, if you've got questions about it, even after next week, um, I welcome the opportunity to sit down with you. You can email me, you sit down, and we can talk through baptism. And even uh, we have a baptism orientation that's coming up on a Wednesday night in the next couple of weeks, and you'll hear more about that. Uh, September 9th is kind of the launch of our fall semester. And so we're going to be taking the Lord's Supper that morning at the end of our service. All three services will gather um, uh, around the table at the Lord's Supper, and we'll We'll launch that morning a four-week series. We're launching a series that morning um, talking about our measures, and you're going to hear more about this in just a minute, but there are four questions we're asking ourselves. If you got your card, do you have your card, take your card. Go to the side where you'll see am I. There are, there, there are four questions under the, the two words am I. We're going to launch a four-week series beginning September 9th to answer these questions. You know, this, this card really kind of summarizes a process that we worked through as a staff uh, for close to two years. It was a visioning process. We felt like even before the building, even before we could talk about, you know, what that worship center needs to be and what that worship center um, needs to look like, that we needed to really have clarity of where the Lord was leading us, not just to the worship center, but beyond. And so we went through a, uh, a long process as a staff to be able to provide language. You know, what we noticed is there was great unity in the room and great unity in the body of who we are and where we're going. But we needed language. We needed language that was common to us all. And so uh, what you have in front of us is the result of that. And so let me just show you the four MIs. Am I following completely? Am I changing continually? Am I living generously? Am I multiplying disciples? We felt like, you know, as we're growing in the Lord, uh, you know, how do you gauge that? 
You know, what are those measures? You know, how, how, how can you take inventory of spiritual maturity? And so four questions that we ask ourselves. We'll begin this series September 9th, and what we're going to do is we're going to take the I am statements of Jesus. If you know anything about the I am statements of Jesus, where Jesus says, I am uh, the bread of life, or I am the way, the truth, and life. I am the resurrection. I am the chief shepherd. He makes seven I am statements. And so for this four-week study, we're going to take the words of Christ, four of the seven, and then answer the questions ourselves because we know that our gauge is Jesus, living, captivated, and changed by Jesus. Okay, so go to the other side of the card if you would. So we'll begin that uh, September 9th, and then we'll come back in October, and I'm going to jump back into a book study. So this is the first time I've announced this publicly, and so now I've got to commit myself to this. I'm going to come back to a book study, verse by verse, chapter by chapter, in the book of 2 Peter. We just went through 1 Peter. Now we're going to go about 2 Peter. I can't get enough of Peter. There's only three chapters in 2 Peter. So we will finish this by Christmas. 2019, all right? So 2 Peter, now we'll finish it by this Christmas, and then we'll move into the, the Christmas season. There's only three chapters. We better be able to finish it. I keep saying we. I better be able to finish 2 Peter uh, by Christmas of this year, but I'm excited about that series. And so if you look at your cards, go to the side that says living every day. This is our mission statement. If you've been with us here at River Oak, you know that at the beginning of this year, you know, I preached a four-week series on this statement right here. This is something that the Lord really unified in our hearts as a team. It's the Great Commission. Basically, it's the Great Commission rearticulated for us recognizing that we are unique as a body of believers, that there's never been another river oak right here, right now, in this moment, at this present time. And so there's unique things that God wants to do through our body and our body that is unique to us. And so we wanted to provide language to that. And so the Lord really allowed us to kind of come to this, this statement of a mission statement, living every day captivated and changed by Jesus. What does that mean? But well, we know that it means it goes beyond just captivation, right? We know that as you study Scripture, you find that there were crowds that were captivated by Jesus, but that's where it stopped. I mean, even Jesus turns to the crowd, right, and he asks them, he, he basically challenges them, why are you following me? Are you following me because of what I can do for you? Are you following me because I can feed you? Are you following me because you want, you want someone to be healed? Or, or are you following me because you're interested in living your life for me? And so we know that it goes beyond just captivation. We want to move beyond just, you know, the overwhelmness of God's love, God's grace, God's mercy. Well, what does that mean to me personally? Captivated and changed. And so we know that, that, okay, that requires me to take a step of surrender, submission, acknowledging, professing Christ as my Savior. But now that begins the journey. And for all of us who call ourselves followers of Christ, it is a lifelong journey. It is a lifelong journey of sanctification. A big word that basically means becoming more like Jesus, less like who we used to be. And so what does that mean every single day to not just be captivated by Christ, but be changed? To be able to look at our lives and say, you know, I'm not who I used to be. I don't talk the way I used to talk. I don't live the way I used to live. I'm not about the things that I used to be about. Captivated and changed by Jesus. Take your Bibles with me, if you would, and turn with me to the book of Galatians, one of my favorite passages of Scripture, and I believe one of the greatest summaries of this statement right here. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. We're going to walk through this card in just a moment. We've called this the vision frame. The vision frame means this. If you think about the frame of a picture, there are four sides to a frame. 
So we talk about our mission. Our mission's of one of the sides of the frame. We talk about our strategy. Our strategy is how do we accomplish our mission. Then we talk about our values, what, what guides us in the midst of that. And then we talk again about our measures. And so you have four sides of the frame, and the hope is that as you begin to develop those four sides, that the picture in the middle becomes clear. That's the vision of where we feel like the Lord is taking us. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. I'm going to invite you to stand with me in reverence of reading God's Word. The words of Paul, one of my favorite passages of Scripture, because I believe it sums it up. I think it sums up the mission statement. I believe it sums everything up. I mean, if someone said to me, okay, Pastor, give me one verse of Scripture, one verse of Scripture that best identifies and defines what it means to be a follower of Christ. What does it mean truly to be a Christian? If the world asks us, what does it mean to be a Christian? Show me one verse of what it means to be a Christian. I would go without any hesitation to Galatians 2.20. The Apostle Paul says this. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but say it right with me if you would, because this is the definition of what it means to be a Christian. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, and nobody else can say this apart from followers of Jesus. Nobody else can say this statement right here. I live by faith in the Son of God, Jesus, who loved me, but didn't just love me. He gave himself for me. Join with me as we go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we are captivated by that truth. Lord, our prayers that you would change us by that truth. That, Lord, as we seek you, as we seek to be more like you, that, Lord, every single day, by the power of your Holy Spirit, you will take the truth of your word, Lord, and you would change us. That, Lord, we would let go, that we would give up our rights and live our lives submitted, surrendered to you. And so, Lord, this morning, we just pray for the work that only you can do, Lord. I pray if there's one here today who has never called upon the name of Jesus, one here today who has never turned from their sins and by faith surrendered their heart and life to Jesus who died and rose again, that even today would be that day, Lord. But that's the work that's in your hands. As believers, Lord, we pray that you would search us. Lord, reveal to us anything in our lives that is hindering us for being what you've called us to be. Lead us and guide us as a church. Lord, unite us. We pray it, we ask it in Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. amen. You may be seated. I know it's group link, but I got to preach a little bit. You guys cool with that? Well, whether you are or not, I am. All right, so this verse of Scripture right here, I mean, this is one of the first passages of Scripture that I preached in my life. There, there are a couple passages that I can go back to uh, when that early calling in my life, and I remember meeting with my father and my dad sharing, you know, hey, where's the Lord leading you, you know, to, to preach these sermons? Well, this is one of those ones uh, because it's very personal to me. Because I'll tell you why, you know, growing up in the church, you know, and then especially as I felt the Lord lead me into ministry, there was this feeling of not only overwhelmness, but there was this feeling of, of inadequate. You know, I, I'm inadequate to what God has called me to do. There's no way I can be that. And I think sometimes as Christians, we fall into this trap of thinking that, right? I mean, we fall into this trap of thinking, man, I see what God's Word says, and I see what God's Word is, is calling me to do and to be, and I recognize ultimately the, 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 that God has called me to, to, to be a light in darkness, to be the salt of the earth. But then we look inward, and we look at ourselves, and we think to ourselves, I bring nothing to the table. And you're right. We bring nothing to the table. And so many times we look at that and it can cripple us because we think the responsibility falls back on us. 
as a pastor. It can cripple you to think that the responsibility falls back on us. But when you read this passage of Scripture, we see that Paul gives it a very different picture. That ultimately, what we must recognize is there is only one person who can live the Christian life. There is only one person who has ever lived the Christian life, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ himself. And so as you study this passage of Scripture and many others, what do you find? What you find is this. You find that we must die to ourselves so that Christ can live in and through us. That it's not our personal responsibility to do my best for God. That it's not my personal responsibility to say, man, I'm motivated and with my gifts and my talents, I'm just going to live the life that God has called me. No, God has called me to die to me. And let's be real, it goes against everything inside of us. It goes against everything that comes natural to us. I mean, we're, we're born with this innate desire to live for ourselves. Let's be real. I mean, I believe that the core of our sinful nature is pride and self-sufficiency. We don't mean to adopt this attitude, but it comes into play where we say, God, I, I recognize you, I believe in you, and if I need you, I'll call you. And we don't need to be like that, but we fall into that trap. And then all of a sudden we find ourselves in a situation that we see is much bigger than ourselves and what we bring to the table. And it's in those moments so many times that the Lord reveals, yeah, you are no match for what's in your life. You are no match for the storm that's in front of you. And I read this passage of Scripture and there's such freedom here. There's such freedom because what the Apostle Paul is saying, what? He is saying, hey, the only one that can live the life that God has called us to live is Christ. And it's Christ living in us. So the true definition of what it means to be a Christian has nothing to do with a denomination, has nothing to do with an affiliation. What it means to be a Christian means that Christ is living in you and that we die to ourselves. And as we die to ourselves, what? Christ is the one that now lives in and through us. If you remember, if you were here with us, we went through this mission statement. This was one of the verses we used. And I talked about the perfect tense. That first part of that phrase says this, I have been crucified with Christ. In the original language, the Greek text has a perfect tense. What it basically means is this, a past completed action that has continuing results. What we find in the opening phrase of the Apostle Paul, there's the word crucified is in the perfect tense. So think about that. A past completed action, that the work of salvation is done, it's accomplished. Never again does there have to be the shedding of blood. Never again does there have to be a sacrifice that Christ did it upon the cross. And so the finished work of the cross, but now has continuing results. That every single day in the life of the believer, what do we do? We go to the cross. We go to the cross and we acknowledge the finished work of God. We acknowledge that there at the cross, our sins were paid in full. But we acknowledge that there at the cross, we were there with Jesus. Because it was our sins that was upon his shoulders as he died. But we know that we didn't end with his death. That as we go to the cross, we stand at his resurrection of what Jesus accomplished, the victory he won. And so it basically simplifies the Christian life into this. Lord, I can't handle what's in front of me today. Lord, I am no match for the lies, the temptations, and the tricks of the enemy. Lord, I don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. And so I don't even know what to do other than give up the rights to myself and surrender to you. You want to talk about a place of power. A place of personal power is on your knees before God surrendered. That's what Paul is saying. 
That every day we identify. That's what Jesus said, right? What does he say? He says, you know, if you, if you seek to follow after me, what did he say to the crowd? He said, if you seek to follow after me, you must deny yourself, take up your cross, and then follow me. That's hard. And so we know that that has to be the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. To every single day say, Lord, today is not my day, it's your day. Lord, today this is not my agenda, it's your agenda. You know, not my resources, but your resources. And so, Lord, I just want to be sold out. I want to be submitted. I want to be surrendered because I know that you've got a calling upon my life. I know that there is something unique that you want to do in me and through me, but I can't do it on my own. And so, Lord, I lay my life down. It's the words of Paul. By faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Listen, I've met a lot of believers, man, who go through storms in their lives, and they think to themselves, man, you know, I, I struggle with walking with God because, you know, why would God allow this to happen and allow that to happen? Let me just tell you, just don't move too far from that last statement right there. The Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. To just start there every day. Say, Lord, I am undeserving of even the smallest amount of your grace, the smallest amount of your mercy, and the fact that you want to use me, I'm humbled by that. And you see Paul, and you see his life, and you see this pattern of his life. And so as we live every day captivated and changed by Jesus, there are some things as a church that we've identified that we believe are critical, that we call our values. So take your card if you would. I want you to see something here. There are four values that we've identified. Now, there's going to be a quiz halfway through October, and you're going to have to name all four sides of this frame. If you do, you'll get free coffee that morning, okay? <laughs> if you don't, you'll still get free coffee. But here it is. All right, so, so these are our values. These are the things, the, these are the guardrails, right? As we're praying about ministry, as we're praying about future, these are the things that we're asking ourselves. Number one, we're about the gospel. What does that mean? We want to be about truth more than anything else. So my prayer every week as I stand behind this pulpit is that you hear truth. That is my prayer. And that you hear the gospel message. Because the only hope we have as individuals and the only hope that this world has is the hope that is found in a person, not a religion, not a church, in a person, and that's Jesus Christ. So we want to be about the gospel. We want to be about the gospel. Whether it's a new members class, whether it's a children's ministry, whether it's student ministry, whether it's women's ministry, we want the gospel to be the foundation of everything that we do. Fellowship is important. You know, discipleship is important. But the gospel has to be the rock in which we build upon as a church. And I believe, again, this is something that was established many years ago. We're just adding language to it. We want to be about the gospel. As we move forward with our building, and I'm going to uh, direct many of you, you've maybe never even seen some of the drawings of our building, the plans of our future worship center, uh, Lobby B, and I'll get to that in just a moment. You're going to find a booth out there that lays out kind of the whole plans for the fall and for what's to come. Uh, but again, a lot of the questions have, have come up. Well, what are we going to do with this room? There's 900 chairs in here. Listen, you know, honestly, the, the possibilities are limitless. But how do we pray and ask those questions? Okay, this ministry. Is it about the gospel? These are ways that we can help process 
where the Lord has taken us. Number two, we grow together. One of the reasons that we've designated a full day to group link is because we recognize how important it is to connect with other believers, that we need each other. I've heard people say, I don't need to be a member of a church. I don't need to be a member of a life group to grow in Jesus or to be a Christian. I see what you're saying, but hey, you won't find Law Ranger Christianity in the Bible. You won't find it anywhere. The pattern, the model you find in the Bible is community. We need each other to pray for one another, to encourage one another, to hold each other accountable. We grow together. We identify that as a value. We impact the world. What does that mean? It is no mistake who you are. It is no mistake the family you have. It is no mistake the job that you work in, the neighborhood that you live. We impact the world. What does that mean? That as believers, every one of us, we've been called to be missionaries. Every one of us, we've been called to be ambassadors for Christ. We want you to walk in that each day. Monday through Saturday, we gather here on Sunday uh, for a, a, a pep rally as we get fed and worship the Lord corporately. And then as we go outside these walls, we've been called to impact the world. Finally, we're a place of grace. That this church is not a country club for perfect people. If it is, fire me as your pastor, okay? This place is a hospital for broken, sinful people. Can I get an Amen. I mean, every one of us fall into that category. And so the process of sanctification and God's grace and God's mercy, hey, this is a place of grace. I don't care what your yesterday looks like. We're all sinners who have fallen short of the glory of God. Flip it over, if you would. So now what are those gauges? How can we gauge? How, we, how can we take spiritual inventory? Because it's wonderful to have, hey, this is our mission and these are our values. But how do you know if someone is growing in the Lord? Well, let's talk about our strategy first. There are four things that we've identified that's important in this growth process. Number one's worship. You guys are so faithful, so diligent each week to gather together corporately to worship together with the body of Christ. The next one is serving. If you've been with us now for a couple of weeks, you know I've been really challenging it as we've grown, the, the needs are growing. And so to identify and to, to, to prayerfully walk through, Lord, you know, what are my gifts? And then where can those gifts be used? To serve, then to connect, to connect to others as well is very important. Life groups through service and then to go. What does this go mean? This go basically means that we impact the world, whether it's a mission trip or whether it's just going to your work every day, that God has called you to be a light in darkness. And then those four gauges right there, we're going to ask these questions as we walk into our fall series. Am I following completely? What does that mean? We're going to talk about that. Am I changing continually? Am I living generously? Am I multiplying disciples, excited for where the Lord is taking us, excited for what I believe is the vision that he's given us that goes way beyond a physical building. That building is a tool to help us carry out what I believe is the calling that God has placed upon our church for years to come. And so this is what we're going to do. We're going to dismiss. What time is it? 1017? Lost the bet again. 1017. Two minutes over. Two minutes over. That's not bad. You're going to go out. You're going to get free ice cream. All right. Is that motivation? Free ice cream. Not Food Line ice cream, like real, like not that Food Line brand's bad. Let me, hold on, let me clarify. Okay. 
I didn't eat Fruit Loops growing up. I ate Fruit Rings, so I understand what, what the Food Line brand is. I, I love my Food Line brand, but it's not Food Line brand. It's, it's more than Food Line brand. So this is what we want you to do. I'm going to pray. We're going to dismiss Lobby B. You're going to head out. You're going to head over here. I'm going to be out there as well. I don't know if that's a motivation to come or to go that way, but I'm going to be out here, and I'd like, to, it's a time for me to meet some people I've never met before. After the 8 o'clock, I had a great opportunity to meet people I've not met before. I'm going to be out here. Uh, our all-in booth is going to be out here. You'll see our plans. Uh, John Covington, our architect, is a member of our church. Uh, you're going to have uh, parts of our building team will be out there as well. If you've got questions, you're going to find the brochure of where we're going with this building, and also commitment cards. Maybe you've come after our commitment Sunday. We had a commitment Sunday back in March. We want you to be a part of this. You know, again, making an eternal investment, you know, in the things of God. And so we want you to be a part of this. And so we're going to head out, life group, group link, building stuff, and good desserts. There are better desserts on this side, all right? So let's close. I don't know if that's true, but let's close. Let's stand right now. Let's stand. Let's close in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this body. I thank you for these people. And Lord, I thank you for your Holy Spirit and the way that you lead us in our lives. Lord, help us to step outside of our comfort zones. Lord, help us to die to ourselves and to just follow you. And so, Lord, may you ordain these minutes, this hour, the conversations, the connections, all of that, Lord. May you be glorified in it. We pray it, we ask it in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. God bless you.